Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Five months have passed since Hamas brutally attacked Israel, launching a vicious war for Israel's very survival. As Israel fights for her existence, so many people around the world, even in America, Israel's greatest ally, have turned their backs on the Israeli people right when they need friends the most. Friends like us. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is on the ground in Israel, delivering critically needed emergency supplies to those suffering right now. There is an immediate need for essentials like food, medicine, and emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering Jews. Many cannot return to their homes because of rocket fire in the north from Hezbollah. Israel is in desperate need, and that's why I'm partnering with the fellowship today. Every donation is urgently needed. To give to IFCJ, visit supportifcj.org. That's one word supportifcj.org your gift will be matched to double in impact and help provide twice the support supportifcj.org god bless and thank you introducing the lisa chill collection your answer to hot nights these mattresses beat the heat with ultra cool covers whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature save up to 460 dollars on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. 
That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, and didn't I make you a promise about a big announcement? I'm not even going to make you wait through the show for it, although I'm tempted after the voicemail I got, which I'll play for you in a moment. Chris, go ahead and get that voicemail ready. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I have teased you a 10-day, two-week announcement on the show that would be gigantic. I'm going to tell you what the announcement is here in a second, and I'm going to tell you what it means for the show because it will mean some changes And they're all good ones. Also, I'm going to tell you how it happened and why it happened. It's going to be a crazy day on the Jesse Kelly Show. We have World News with BK coming up. BK with World News with BK is coming up in the final hour. I decided because this announcement was coming, we have jaw-dropping audio from Kamala Harris today. I have a history story I have to get through. There's... There's too much to get to. Only one guest today. But first. I have come to accept something. You are terrible. When I have a broken sunroof, my emails and voicemails are full of people making fun of me for it. When I admit to wearing flip-flops on occasion, I am mocked continuously for it. So I've accepted that you're bad people, but here's, here's what I've really accepted. A long time ago, my, my mentor, Michael Berry, he told me, he said, eventually, you're going to realize something. And I said, okay, well, what is that? And he said to me, don't ever get mad at your audience because the truth is your audience is a reflection of who you are. You will attract the people who are like you. So when I say you're terrible, I understand. That means I'm terrible. We get voicemails like this, and this is just mean. Hey, Jesse. Hi, JPC. So I've been listening to the show for about a year now, and I've heard you promise a lot of things to the listeners. You know, you're going to catch up on all the Dr. Jesse questions. You're going to do a whole week of Ask Dr. Jesse questions. You're going on a trip but actually it's a different trip. You're going to tell us your news, but maybe you'll tell us next week, probably next week, maybe it'll be on Tuesday. Well, you know, I've heard your quote-unquote explanations for all of these false, misleading, and vague statements, but what I'd really like to hear is your defense of these listener letdowns in the style of your most admired political figure, Nancy Pelosi. Love the show. Thanks for doing everything, man. And I haven't worn flats since I started listening to the show. Be well. (laughs) I love you. That was wonderful. That was absolutely wonderful. Okay. All right. I have emails here. Dear Oracle Jesse, for two weeks you've gone on about some huge news you have but can't share. 
All I've seen is news about every other talk show host getting promoted in showtimes. You just want to be included. Jesse, I'm tired of your shenanigans. I'm calling it right now. You're announcing a deal with someone else. This is, I think you're making a deal with the EIB network, so on and so forth. Let me explain what the deal is and what it means. And yes, you're still going to get a history segment today. I have signed with Premier Networks. Now, I don't expect you all to know who that is. Anyone in radio will know who that is, but I've signed with Premier Networks. What that is is Premier Networks is, by a significant margin, the largest radio syndication company in the United States of America. What does that actually mean? Well, here's what it means. The Jesse Kelly Show is now going to be on over 200 stations coast to coast across the United States. And I mean in all the major cities, smaller cities, it is absolutely everywhere. It is going to mean, um, well, let me just be frank with you, everything just changed. Um, This is a ridiculous dream. I have absolutely no business being here. I fully admit that whatsoever. I am an uneducated piece of white trash. I get that. I am uh, rough around the edges, to put it mildly. I'm offensive. I'm rude. I'm a sociopath. I shouldn't be here. These things should not happen to me. But it did happen. And now, apparently, this show, which was already growing really rapidly, and I know that's part of the reason it happened, it was growing really rapidly. Apparently, now it's going to be gigantic. It is going to be heard live, no matter where, no matter when you hear it now. It's going to be heard live 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on most of those stations. There'll be some differences between this station and this one's this or that, but for the most part, you will be able to listen to this show live. The sultry sounds of my voice. What, Chris? The sultry sounds of my voice live from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. The kickoff of that new show is June 28th. Now, I have to clarify because there are some changes coming to the show, changes coming to this show. Let's get something out of the way right away. This timing of this comes at a good time for me because I haven't expressed it to you. I've just been working around it, but the history portion. No, it's not going away. Don't freak out. I I love history so much, and I love talking to you about it so much. I hate having to take breaks when I'm telling you a history story. I'll just be honest with you. It's been wearing on me for a long time. I hate having – look, I understand it's the basics of radio, and I need to do it. I hate having to do radio teases during a history story. And then the Spartans were the 300. Did I mention on the final hour we're going to talk about Donald Trump? And and, and I hate that. It ruins the story. I'm trying to tell a story. It's necessary. It's no one's fault. But I hate doing it. What I'm doing with the history story. And the premier has already agreed to do all this for me. I am separating the history thing to a podcast where I don't have to do teases and I don't have commercial breaks and I don't have a time limit. I don't have any limitations at all. I can sit down for two hours if I feel like it and not have to worry about a guest or times or breaks or anything else. 
and you and I can just talk about history. The history. Now, let me clarify. On the regular six to nine show, look, I'm still me. There's going to be history every single day in that show. Is it going to open with an hour-long history story every day? No, because I'm separating it out and I'm frustrated with the breaks. But there's going to be history still every day. We're going to have a history lesson, at least a mini one, every day in the regular show. That is the news on the Jesse Kelly Show. Now, I'll repeat that news again next hour and then the next hour because, again, it's radio. People only listen for a little bit at a time. I have thought about this a long time. I mean, this stuff doesn't happen to people. You don't start doing radio like three years ago and then all of a sudden get nationally syndicated. Guys are in this business for 30 years and never get nationally syndicated and then go from just national syndication to the biggest national syndication company. In the co- that doesn't, th- this does not happen. I don't know of another rise like this ever this fast in the history of radio, to be honest with you. So I've thought about this a long time, and deep down, I, I really just – I want to thank myself. Now, what, Chris? I've thought about it for a long time. Let's get to our story today. Now, this is a great story about the forgotten. I I think about the forgotten a lot, and I mean a lot. What do I mean by forgotten? Let's talk about our warriors we should have remembered. Hang on. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Do you have any plans? To visit the border. I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Uh, what? <laughs> We're in so much trouble. I'm getting to the history story. I just have to address this Kamala portion really quick. Um, 
I haven't been to Europe either. This is how seriously these people take. You know what? I have a lot I need to say about that interview. Back to our history story. Oh, one more thing about our big announcement. The show you hear now in its current format, it ends this Friday. This Friday it ends. Then I will be down. I'm sure you'll hear best of some podcasts for a couple weeks. June 28th, the new one kicks off. So, look, send me your emails. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. As you know, we're going to have fun this week. We're always going to have fun. Nothing's changing. Uh, It was made clear to me that they have absolutely no intention of censoring me or changing me at all. And, And it was made clear back that I'm not doing that anyway. And so just understand, nothing's changing here besides, like I said, I'm so excited to actually do a history podcast instead of this portion of it. I just hate it, but yeah, it's a great day. Back, back to our story. Let's tell a story. Let's, let's stop focusing on me here for a second. And let's, what, Chris? Okay, never mind. Never mind. Let's, let's, let's talk about some people who deserve to be remembered and aren't. You see, when I say to you, war in the Pacific, you almost undoubtedly think of certain things. I know this for a fact. Because we all, uh, me, you, everybody, we all, we all have high points of history we remember. You just, look, the human mind can only comprehend so much, so you remember high points of things. And when I say war in the Pacific, what you think of is this. You think of probably atom bombs, maybe Hiroshima. You think of, if you're, if you're a little bit more of a buff, I mean, if you're hearing my voice, you undoubtedly think of things like Iwo Jima, Saipan, Guadalcanal, Peleliu, you know, the, the various major battles out there, Tarawa, the various huge ones that hit the high marks. Do you know one thing? You absolutely do not think of when I say war in the Pacific. And I guarantee, I don't, I don't know how many people are listening to my voice right now. I know it's a lot. But I guarantee not a single person when I say war in the Pacific thinks to themselves, oh, that's, that's New Georgia. You don't even know what New Georgia is. Most people don't. Don't feel dumb. Most people don't. New Georgia? What? Are you too? I want you to do me a favor. You'll enjoy this. I want you, if you're in a position, if you're not driving, I want you to go to your phone right now. Use whatever search function you like. And I want you to start typing in the search function, New Georgia. You'll get a kick out of it. Watch what pops up after you do New Georgia. We're doing this live. Jewish producer Chris is doing it now. Chris, what suggestions pop up after you've put in New Georgia? That's right. New Georgia voting law, New Georgia voting, New Georgia voting ID. I want you to do me another favor. I want you to go wherever you do your podcasts, iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you do them. And I want you to just do a search in the podcast. And you know, there's endless podcasts out there. Put in New Georgia. Let Let me spoil it for you. No one knows. No one cares about the new Georgia campaign in the Pacific. Why? 
Well, you and I, we're human beings. And I don't know about you, but I'm not lying when I say I'm a bad person. My life is a laundry list of screw-ups. And I don't mean screw-ups like, oh, whoops, I spilled the milk. I mean just me doing stupid, inexcusable things. I should be dead. I don't deserve any of this success. It's just, it's, but we don't really like to dwell on those, right? We don't like to dwell on the screw-ups. You ask, you ask someone to tell you about their life, what do you get? I remember that my first car, my first girlfriend, my first kiss when I got married. I remember my first child, my first big job promotion. I remember when I made assistant manager and went out and bought a four-door sedan. I remember a vacation. You know what you never, ever, ever get when you ask somebody to tell you about their life right off the bat? Oh, man, I remember... I remember when I was an al- alcoholic for a while. I remember that time I, I wrapped a car around a tree. I remember that time I shoplifted a candy bar in the store. I remember the time I got fired from my job because I was too lazy and didn't show up. You, don't, you never get that. Now, I'm not bringing all this up because I want you to dwell on those parts of your life. I've just accepted I'm a bad person. That is what it is. I'm bringing this up because... I think it's unjust to the guys who went and died in these places that we simply forget about them and the sacrifices they make just because we're not that proud of this particular campaign. When I say war in the Pacific, you think Marines. You think Army units fighting tooth and nail against the Japanese and storming through them with our American grit. And that's right. That's how you should think of it, right? It didn't always work out that way. You see, let's begin at the beginning with the Pacific, with the war in the Pacific. And I may end up going a little long on this because I had to do the announcement and whatnot, but we're going to give this thing the credit it deserves. Just because I have an announcement and news and all this audio, I'm not storming through this because I'm not going to disrespect it by not talking about it. The war in the Pacific, you know it kicks off with Pearl Harbor. Everyone who listens to this show knows why it kicked off. Pearl Harbor, Japan was short on resources, had been invading China for a long time. America cuts Japan off from its resources because Japan has to import its steel and oil and everything else because Japan doesn't have anything for natural resources. Japan gets mad about that, realizes war is imminent because they can't make themselves leave China. They think the best way to make war because they view it from a more Eastern philosophy Again, a lot of the Japanese inexcusable, detestable behavior in World War II, a lot of it honestly simply gets traced back to they share a more Eastern, you would probably call it more brutal view of war. That's just how they look. Conquerors, you know what conquerors do to the to the conquered? Whatever they want because you're conquerors. That's just, look. From Genghis Khan and long before him, that's how they've done war in the East. So Japan comes up with the plan. Okay, America cut us off. America has this big Pacific fleet. We don't like that, but we have an advantage. We have a chance. They didn't think they had a great chance. Let me clarify this. Japan didn't walk into this thinking, oh, we got this covered. They thought they had one chance and one chance only. Let's punch them in the mouth at Pearl Harbor. They'll be hurt for long enough. We can dig in in a bunch of islands in the Pacific, and Americans are too soft and weak and white 
to take it back. And I bring up white because, remember, you know who's prejudiced? Everyone. Every single person shares something. And this was an era where people were more open about it. We, we, we referred to the Japanese in some cases as yellow monkeys. They thought white people in the West were weak, soft, and pathetic. Like it, just, it was just the norm. That's how people talked about other people back then. Let's dig into New Georgia. And then we'll get to this uh, Kamala Harris stuff. Hang on. You would think, with all the public policy debates that are taking place right now, that you know the Republican Party would uh, be engaged in a significant de- debate about uh, how are we going to deal with the economy, and what are we going to do about climate change, and what are we going to do about... Lo and behold, the, the single most uh, important issue to them apparently right now is critical race theory. Who knew that that, <laughs> that was the threat to our republic? It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If you want to call, leave a voicemail, send an email with, obviously, I know you're going to pour out your love for me today with the big news. And what, Chris? I'm trying to get ahead of all the love they're going to pour out for me. Remember, all your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read them all. In case you're wondering, and I doubt there's a single person out there wondering, but in case you are wondering, yes, Jewish producer Chris is coming along for the new show. They asked me right away, do you want to keep Jewish producer Chris? I said, well, no, but I feel obligated. I feel like it's the way I give back every day is to be more charitable and help out those who are less fortunate So I would like to bring Jewish producer Chris along. And they said, fine, I guess so. As long as he doesn't handicap the show any more than he already does. (laughs) No, but yes, he is coming along. Nothing's changing. Now, war in the Pacific. So you know the Japanese are dug in. We decide to kick off our campaign. The first real big campaign we did over there as far as the island hopping stuff was Guadalcanal. And I need, to, I need to explain something about island hopping. The Japanese were frankly in an impossible situation, not one they could win. But the whole island defense strategy was dreadful. And here's why. What the Japanese would do is just picture. Now, there were tons. I mean, there, there's thousands of them. Thousands and thousands and thousands of island in the gigantic circle the Japanese control. I think there's over 6,000 on Japan alone today, like the Japan they currently have. So we're talking tens of thousands of islands. The plan was, obviously, you take this island, you build an airfield. An airfield, remember, we're always going to talk airfields. Airfields were the critical parts of these islands. That's how you get supplies in and out. 
men in and out. You put you put bombers on these airfields. You put fighter planes on these airfields. Airfields are everything, whether they're mobile like aircraft carriers or on the islands. You put an airfield there, a little base there, put a bunch of men there, some food there, and you make the Americans come take them. Well, if you're the Japanese, which islands? Have you ever thought about that? I know I'm a, I'm a, no, I'm a nerd when it comes to things like this, but look, let's say you're the, the big boss man of Japan, the emperor. Not the emperor didn't make these decisions, but let's say you're the emperor making this decision, and you're looking at the islands. Which ones? And this is where, again, you and I can, our minds play tricks on us. We like to imagine, well, I'm sure they have it figured out, just like they did with coronavirus, right? Anyway, I'm sure they have it figured out. Well, who has it figured out? Well, the, 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 the planners. What planners? I mean, uh, uh, the, the generals. The generals. Have, okay, you're a general. Which islands? So the Japanese had to be selective. You couldn't occupy all of them. And they had to pick, you know, an island here, an island there, island here, island there. But one thing they, I mean, they probably anticipated it, but there's not really a way around this. What do you do if you don't have naval superiority forever, which they didn't. They did in the beginning, in the very, very beginning, but then that quickly went away because they couldn't build ships fast enough. They just weren't good enough. What if... What if we just sail past the island you have fortified and go to a different one? You see what I mean? It sounds so simplistic, but when you think about it, look at it, just picture a big blob of islands. Okay, we're the Japanese. We're fortifying this one, this one, and this one. Come and take it. And we go, no, I think I'll just sail by. So it wasn't always, it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't always pre-planned which islands we were going to have to take back. Sometimes we just danced around whatever they were doing. We had taken Guadalcanal. We were in the middle of this, you know, we'd just taken Guadalcanal. And now we were looking at this place called New Georgia. And there are a few different islands around New Georgia. I'm just going to focus on that island. But just know there are other islands around it that I, I could be bringing up right now as we speak. It was the next one in line on the way to Rabal. Yeah, the only reason I bring up Rabal, I know I'm hammering you with too many names today. The only reason I bring up Rabal was this. Rabal was this island the Japanese decided we were not going to take, and we're just going to fortify it and keep pouring troops and resources in there and things like that. So remember that. Now, we leave Guadalcanal, and we're heading up towards New Georgia. We actually land in the Russell Islands. Don't worry about remembering that. We land 9,000 troops there. Because we're expecting some robust Japanese defense and they're going to fight us tooth and nail. And it turns out we were met on the beaches with two guys who handed us cups of coffee. The Japanese had decided they couldn't defend the Russell Islands and had already abandoned them before we showed up. So we're thinking, you know, this is, this, this is going well. Now, I want you to understand, as we're sailing towards New Georgia and throughout the war in the Pacific, this is how you need to think of the war in the Pacific. You could study it and read books about it from now until for the next 10 years and not even come close to encompassing all the little air battles and naval battles and little battles here and little battles there that were so critical. What do I mean by that? Well, here's just an overview example. 
you're sailing towards an island. The Japanese know you're sailing towards the island, and the Japanese send a fleet to intercept you sailing towards the island. Only they launch aircraft from their boats, and you launch aircraft from your boats, and there's a big air battle up there, and someone wins and someone loses, and then there's a naval battle, and some of the ships get You see what I'm saying? This island needs resupplied with food. Uh, the Japanese have to send food to this island, otherwise their guys are starving to death. Oh, good, there's a big food ship coming. Oh, no, an American torpedo sunk the food ship. Now those guys starve to death. The story of the war in the Pacific is a million little stories like that. What are we doing at this time as we approach the island? We're sweeping up mines. The Japanese were outstanding at mining harbors and mining places where you want to go. Just to explain this, I realize sometimes I gloss over these things. A mine in the water is something that is, it's a bomb that is moored to the bottom of the ocean. So it's moored down and it's moored at different depths. What does that mean? Well, the tide rises and falls in the ocean. So you want your mines, some, some are deeper than others, but they're in a place where you think ships are going to go. The ships don't know they're there, don't see they're there, are sailing right over the top of them. Kaboom! Big old explosion in the underwater portion of the boat, which I don't know if you've heard is a big deal. Boat goes to the bottom of the ocean. Now the Japanese... They had put in ten. They'd put ten thousand five hundred troops on New Georgia. They'd taken it back in nineteen forty-two as part of their big expansion campaign. Let's expand, dig in, and make sure the Americans can't take it. Now, we knew about Rabal. We knew how many men the Japanese had on Rabal. We just thought we would take New Georgia and then maybe go buy Rabal. We'll take New Georgia, and then we'll kind of bumble around it a little bit. We'll just kind of dance around Rabal. But we just have to take New Georgia first, right? Shouldn't be a big deal. Look, we just took Guadalcanal. What's the problem? Well, let's talk about those problems. Hang on. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'm going to get to Kamala. I'm going to get to Obama. We have to finish New Georgia, and we have to finish it quickly enough so I can get back to talking about me. Yes, if you're just now tuning in, you missed the big news. The big news is... Apparently the show ended up getting pretty popular. <laughs> it's so stupid. There's no reason for the show to be popular. And I signed with Premier Networks, the biggest uh, syndication company in the country by a significant margin. And now 
The Jesse Kelly Show is going to be on over 200 stations in this country, all the big markets, all the big cities. Every, if it's, this does not happen. It's never happened before. It's, I just started doing radio three years ago. So, uh, yeah, unreal. Now, back to the new Georgia campaign. In all seriousness, it was, it was going to be an ugly affair because New Georgia was on the way to Rabal. Whenever you hear the words Rabal, a lot of people don't know that word because we didn't end up fighting there. But the Japanese had poured men and resources into Rabal. It was a Japanese super fortress. Not to give away the end of the story here, but... We never took it and never intended to. We found out how many men and supplies they had there, and it was just one of those islands. We were like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we just sail around it? We'll just sail around it and cut off their naval supplies and let them all starve to death. But because it was so close to New Georgia, the Japanese decide, let's go ahead and make sure the Americans have to pay dearly for New Georgia. It's not that they it's not that they didn't think we could take New Georgia. They knew with the resources we had, we were going to take it. But their they were their thinking was we can pour so much men and material from Rubal into New Georgia that America will bleed taking this place. Bleed taking this place. We land on New Georgia. We pour men and resources into it. The Japanese pour men and resources into it. And very quickly, we find out this is going to be a brutal affair because they have so many men and so much stuff there, and the jungle is so thick that it just gets ground down to a stalemate in the thick jungle. The supplies for both sides aren't even getting through because, again, remember when I talked about all the million little battles that are happening? Those are all happening out on the water. Those naval ships shooting at each other? That's our food. That's our ammunition. That's the way we're going to evacuate the wounded. That's your lifeline. They get ground down to the nubs. In American tanks. American tanks ended up being pretty critical in the Pacific. The reason I say pretty critical is this. They were extremely critical in Europe. The Pacific was so thick that it was hard to use tanks, especially big tanks effectively. Now, we did. We figured out ways to use them, clearing out the jungle, things like that. But they were harder to use effectively. They got much more effective for us when we started putting these sweet flamethrowers on them that shot like 100 meters. But anyway, um, they were hard to use effectively, especially early on the war. And this is early in the war where we didn't know how to use them. The tanks kept getting stuck in the jungle. And the Japanese anti-tank gunners were out there smoking our tanks. I have a little thing for you if you want something on New on uh, New Georgia. I have a little link I'm going to send to you uh, at the end of this show. I'm going to give you a little link at the end of this show. It's going to bring this story to life for you even more. Our tanks are getting blown up. We have a village we want to take. And you're used to Pacific stories where Americans take, see this and want to take it, right? And then go take it. Oh, of course, some men die, but our heroism brings us through. We didn't get this village. The Japanese dug in, and they slaughtered us. The Japanese are still sending troops. 
we ended up having too much naval power and the Japanese had to stop sending troops, which ended up being the difference. But, yeah, we took New Georgia in the end. But you know why you never read about New Georgia and you've never watched a movie about New Georgia and you can't find a documentary on New Georgia and you can't find a podcast on it? It's hard to find a book on New Georgia. Do you know why? We had 5,000 casualties on New Georgia. 2,500 of those casualties were psychological casualties. And our men who died on New Georgia, some people estimate 80% of the men who died on New Georgia were shot by their own troops. The jungle was so thick. The fighting was so confusing. The stalemate so bad, nerves were so frayed that our best and brightest didn't do that well. Let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll get to this Kamal Harris stuff. Hang on. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders who die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty and homeless veterans. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs walks and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about America's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 
Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information.